You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all. Jewelry that makes you feel like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong. Radiant. Timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Love at First Sight still exists. It's available at your local shelter. This June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more and see full terms and conditions. As promised earlier in the week, we have a very special extra episode what a girl wants with Molly and Trista. Uh, Jared, are you as excited for this as I am? I am very excited. Of course, like we talked about, Trista Sutter, the original Bachelorette OG, and we also have Molly Mesnick. Uh, they'll be talking about all things dating uh, from a female perspective. Talk about family, uh, relationship, love, all, all the important stuff. So take it away, girls. What a girl wants. A help by suck at dating spinoff and an iHeartRadio podcast. Thank you, Dean and Jared. Molly and I are here. Say hi, Molly. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) And we're so excited to be able to be part of the help I suck at dating little spinoff called What a Girl Wants. We definitely know what a girl wants, or we've been there, right? <laughs> yeah, we're like the old ladies of Bachelor Nation, yes. so I feel like we'll have a totally different perspective than all these like new, young, fresh people who come off the show. <laughs> totally, completely. Actually, I was thinking about it, and I was going to say we're the OGs, which stands for old gals. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> we're the old gals. We're the old married ladies. Um, but we're really excited. You know, this is my first podcast hosting. Molly does lots and lots of hosting in her radio days, right? You're with iHeartRadio in Seattle, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she's a pro. I'm not necessarily a pro, but um, we're a pro at being good friends and talking all about um, our experience on The Bachelor and, you know, sharing our experience with being moms, with being wives, with everything, really. We kind of share everything on Instagram, you know? Yeah, we do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so we're going to break down the show into three little categories, three little segments. And this first segment is really talking about how we knew that our man was the one for us. And I know that a lot of people out there who are in the dating world right now, it's really hard to know if the person that you're with is the person that you want to be with forever, which is why I went on a reality show. I know. I feel like people shouldn't be taking advice from any of us. We all went on TV (laughs) to find love. 
<laughs> so true. We were so bad at it that we had to go on television. Yeah, I know. God. <laughs> that is so true. But um, so during my season, I can talk to my season and then you can share your experience on Jason's, which, oh my gosh, I can't wait to talk to you about how it was watching the show. Um, what actually let's let's start with that. How did you feel watching the show? Uh, your little goat recap. Well, I could have done without it. I wasn't super thrilled that we are a part of this whole greatest seasons of all time. Like I've relived our season for a decade straight. Hopefully now that it has been a part of this weird season they had to do because of COVID, hopefully we can like put it to bed and it never comes up ever again. Like let's just move on. But it was kind of fun to watch it in like, like a condensed form not so like it wasn't like all dragged out or anything like that and yeah. I almost feel like when I was watching I was watching people I didn't know you know like it wasn't us because it's been so long like I don't even right. remember filming the show so I don't so, know it, it was fun to watch kind of with fresh eyes being more more mature like further yeah. in life you know I don't know it just felt like I was watching these characters that were part of a tv show that's so true. Oh my gosh. I felt the same way. And of course I watched it. Did you watch it with, um, the kids? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> we went to like friends, house, friends house and like had lots of cocktails while we were oh, watching. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. But Ty, because our season is on Netflix, it start. of course the year of a pandemic when everybody's watching Netflix, that's when they add our season. Yeah. Right. Um, so Ty watched it then. Um, which was yeah. super awkward and uncomfortable for me. He he ultimately oh. thought it was like boring, but I'm glad he like we're past that too. Like he's seen it. But Riley, she does totally. she knows obviously we've been on the show, but she doesn't yeah. need to watch that. Not yet. Yeah, of course. She's not old enough yet. How how old is no. she? Seven. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Okay. Yeah. Have yeah. your kids seen your season? No, um, Blakesley watched the goat recap with me and, you know, a lot of it was Alex and the first season of the bachelor. Um, so she was kind of, I think, weirded out by that. Like, why am I watching this guy who my mom once dated? She just, you know, in her world, it's all about, um, me, like I'm her mom, Ryan's her dad. She doesn't think about me ever being a woman who was dating. You know, like that's not something right. you think about, I don't think. So it was really kind of strange for her to watch, but she's getting to the age. She's 11. I'm sorry. <laughs> I literally don't know my children's age right now. Um, <laughs> she's, she's old enough to watch, um, but it's, it's, it was very interesting and very awkward. And yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you with wanting to kind of put it in the past. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's just weird. Like seeing. Like, you don't see your parents making out with other people, you know? Like, what a weird thing (sighs) to watch. (laughs) So gross. Yes. So weird. Okay. So anyway, the first segment, we're going to talk about um, how we knew that um, Jason and Ryan were the ones for us. And for me, going into it, I had dated a lot. I had had three or four serious boyfriends, and I was treated not particularly perfectly in those relationships. Uh, one of them, actually two of them cheated on me. And I think that I went into the show really knowing because of my past dating experience, what I wanted in a guy, you know, okay, so I, are you talking in regards to going on the bachelor or being the bachelorette? 
Uh, actually, both of them. Um, okay. Going into The Bachelor, I do have to preface it by saying I wasn't necessarily going into it for a relationship. I just wanted to go and have fun. Right. Was that your experience yeah. too? Same, right? same yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we wanted to have a fun experience and meet people and travel and you know get out of our our little bubble of a world that we were living at the, in at the time. So. I, I didn't really think about it, but yes, going into it, I had had all this dating experience and, and knew what I was looking for. And Alex was everything kind of on paper that I felt like I wanted. Um, of course they don't talk about characteristics like, um, trustworthiness and, um, honesty and, you know, that sort of thing. But he was intelligent. He had, he was well-traveled. He seemed like he was a family guy. So I thought maybe we could be a match. And then when I went on to The Bachelorette, I definitely needed to hone in on the things that I was looking for so that when I actually was on the show, I could, you know, easily um, put the guys out of my mind who weren't checking off all the boxes or at least most of the boxes. So for me, honesty was huge because I had been cheated on. I needed someone who I felt was very genuine, was very sincere, and was was somebody that I could trust. Okay, um, but how do you figure that out when you're on the show? Like, you don't know if someone's being honest and genuine. They're in this this crazy situation to begin with that is so yeah. unnatural. There's no way of telling if someone's being honest or not. You're right, but um, you've met Ryan, and I feel like because of who Ryan is, I could tell, I feel like anyone, whenever anyone meets Ryan, you just get this sense that he's a sincere guy. So For sure. that it, it was my gut. I, it was, it was listening to my gut and, and of course you can't know you're right. You can't. And I, I believe that about the guys that I had dated that cheated on me. I thought they, and actually one of them lied to my face when I had proof that he had dated, that he had cheated on me and he lied to my face and I freaking believed him. I believed <laughs> him. So it's really hard to not know whether someone is being honest or to believe them if they're being dishonest. But I feel like that's where your gut comes in and you really have to listen to your gut and what it's telling you and whether or not you can believe the person um, who you're you know, in a relationship with. So I feel like a gut, your gut, um, you get this intuition. You think, you know, are you drawn to him or are you drawn away from him? And with Ryan, I was drawn more to him. I, I knew that it was Ryan because when I was on other dates with guy, with other guys, I was thinking about him. Yeah. Um, so that's when I knew, um, when, you know, if you, if you're in the dating scene right now and you know, a few guys, on Tinder or Bumble or whatever it is, um, and you're hanging out with a few guys, and there's one in particular that you keep thinking about, that's a good sign that he's the one, you know? Yeah, or well, he's, he's I, more I, the I, one. Yeah, it, I think it is also an age thing. Like, how old were you when you went on The Bachelor? So true. Um, I was 28 or 29. I turned okay. 30 on The Bachelorette. Okay, so you were older. So like you're saying, go with your gut. If you're still thinking about someone, like when I was 23, 24, the people I was thinking about all the time were the worst guys. The ones you're so right. Shouldn't That's have been so dating. Yeah. So I think as you get older, you 
start to learn more about, well, first of all, you become more confident in yourself. And so then you know what you need, what you want. But like I went on The Bachelor when I was 24. I was the youngest girl on our season. Yes. And I, Jason, I laughed about this last night. Like I used to tell him while we were filming, like, I know I'm 24 and I know I'm young, but I'm like so mature for my age. And looking back, like I was not, I didn't have a clue, you know, like you did. You had a clue. Well, I mean, kind of, but like, I'm I'm this 24 year old girl going on this TV show for a fun experience. But like our season was a little different where it wasn't all fun and games because there was a kid involved, you know, like I thought I was ready to like take on this role of stepmom. I didn't have a clue. Didn't have a clue. Right. No, I, I think that you're right. I think that age definitely, or at least life experience, because there are people who are younger who have more life experience. So I think it's just about getting out there into the world and, and really experiencing life and the world and dating and getting to know different kinds of people so that you understand who you are and what you want out of life. Um, another big thing for me were deal breakers. So to me, having a family, having children was number one on my, on my deal breaker list. So if anyone, and actually all the guys on my season were into having a family. So that was, that was an easy one, but that you need to think about the deal breakers. You know, if there's something that you have always wanted out of life to become a mother or to have a career or to live a certain place, then make sure that you are really honest with yourself and the people that you're dating about those deal breakers. Because if they're, if they come up, then it's better to just cut ties right away than to draw things out and stay with the person. Um, because the deal breakers will come up. You know? Yeah. And I think so often people think like, oh, I can change that about him. Like I can change him. Right. Like you and I know, like the reality is people don't change. Like it's no. still, maybe they like shift a little bit or maybe it happens for a short period of time, but people ultimately always go back to who they truly are, you know? Completely. So I feel like if there's any, you know, if I had asked any guy if, if they wanted to have a family and they were kind of like wishy-washy on it. I don't know. I've, I don't know if I'd be good with kids. Then I would be like, red flag, red flag. I don't know if this is the guy for me, you know? Yeah. Um, and then also I have a funny story. So, um, on the bachelorette, there was a guy named Brooke Pemberton. He, I think his like title was literally cowboy. Okay. So (laughs) what does that um, even mean? I don't know. Um, he's, he's actually now a nurse, but, and, and happily married and everything. But, um, so he's a cowboy and I'm allergic to horses. And, oh my God. Okay. So this would never work. Well, that's what I thought. I said to him, we had the sit down conversation and I was like, Brooke, look, I, I love you as a person. I think you're hysterical and we have great chemistry and so much fun together. But the fact that you hang around horses all day, I, I don't know that we're necessarily compatible. And you know what he called me? He called me superficial. That's not a, that's like a medical issue. That is not superficial. Thank you. Yes. I was like, um, no, superficial is when you choose to not like something. I right. have no choice in the matter. I am, <laughs> I am allergic to horses. And if I'm around you every day, which I would hope if we're going to get married right. um, and you're going to be around horses every day, 
I will break out in hives every day and not be able to see because my eyes will be like oh my God. exploded. So, so anyway, did you get rid of him early on? Like right I, away? I did. Not, yeah. not right away. Cause I don't know that I found out that he was a cowboy until, um, <laughs> <laughs> not funny. Um, until a little bit later, it might've been like 15 or something like, or, or eight. I don't know. Um, yeah. and they change it all. Like it used to be like 25 to 15 to 12 to eight, whatever. Um, and now it's all different. So I don't, I don't know. You're right. I don't remember anything about my season except for little <laughs> things like that. Right. Um, so I think the deal breakers are things that if anyone's out there dating right now and you know what you want out of life, you know, you know that you want a family, you know, that you can't be around horses. <laughs> right. Don't date a cowboy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another funny story from my season is there was a guy who, so Lisa Levinson was one of my exec producers. And before the show started, they actually, um, <laughs> they took bets on who I would take until the end. And this one guy gets out of the limo and you know how they like make them like button up their, their jacket or whatever. So he gets out of the limo and he's buttoning up his jacket and he's staring right at the camera doesn't look at me at all <laughs> and is like staring at the camera and I'm like okay yeah I think that it's pretty pretty obvious that he is only there to be on camera right and so I literally wanted to get rid of him the first night we're back like back in another room and I said I definitely want to get him get rid of him and Lisa was like what no <laughs> and I'm like yes yes and she She's like, no, 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 because I, I bet that he was going to be the one in the end. And I'm like, I don't care. I've got 20 bucks on this. You got to keep them. So yeah, he was gone. Cause I, Gosh. the priority for me then was to make sure that the guys were there for me, you know, that they weren't yeah. there just to be on television. Yeah. And I bet that's so pretty hard for the people nowadays because a lot of it is about, you know, becoming Instagram famous and, you right. know, um, it's, it's got to be so much harder with social media for everybody. I think too, so many people, even on the, I mean, this is very obvious on The Bachelor, um, but in real life, people try to, they have this idea of what they want, you know, like, yeah. okay, I'm 30 years old. I need to get married. I need to have a family. And so they settle and yeah. like Trista, you and I know from being married so long, you are stuck with this person for the rest of your life. So yeah. to kind of like almost coerce someone into liking you, like you're just setting yourself up for failure or a really miserable totally. life going forward. Right. You know, I totally agree. And that is the best piece of advice that I give anyone in the dating world these days. If anyone ever asked me, um, I feel like someone wrote me on Instagram. I did a little Q and A the other day. And they said something about being older and whether or not they should continue. And I'm like, yes, never settle, like never give in, um, to not getting what you want out of a relationship because you are so right. You're with this person for the rest of your life. At least that's what marriage is supposed to be. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so if you don't think that you can last, forever long with someone, um, never settle, never give in to giving up what you feel like you deserve. 
Right. I and like. I think a, a lot of that is the pressure of like the unfair standards that women deal with these days. Like you got to get married, you got to have yeah. kids, you got to follow this timeline. So I have friends, I'm 36 and I have friends who still aren't married and, and they're panicked. They're like yeah. literally living their life in Aww. panic. Cause they're like, it's not going to happen for me. I almost can't have kids anymore. Yeah. And, and now that I'm, you know, well into marriage, 10 years into marriage, it's like, this is your life. You got to just be happy with your everyday life and not be trying to hit this standard, you know? Totally. Be easy on yourself. Give yourself some grace. I feel right. like in this day and age, grace uh, is something that I feel like we all need to give more of, especially to ourselves. Yeah. So, okay. So second segment, we are actually going to do a little um, question and answer session. I did a and a on my Instagram stories yesterday. And people sent out such good questions. I was super impressed um, with with the questions that everyone sent. So we are just going to take a quick break, and then we'll get to the Q and A. At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Some amazing Black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies, the list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products you can add to your daily routine. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight. And honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois and my life has never been the same and I love her so much and I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs. First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just and a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we, we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And, and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So... I, I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and, and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter. 
Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive, June 7th to 9th. And the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. Everyone knows how much Dean and I love to travel, especially after enduring a Colorado winter. I'll take any chance I can to be in a sunny, beachy place right about now. Well, Kaylin, I have the perfect place we can travel to next. In Puerto Rico, there are nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline. And when it comes to photography, the landscape is unbeatable. I think I need to go there for a relaxing vacation before baby number two comes, which is great, but also I'm very nervous. Puerto Rico offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to beautiful black sand beaches. There's no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. All right, so we got some great questions, and I'm really excited to get into uh, answering these for people because I feel like they're pretty invested if they're going to actually reach out and post their questions. So anyway, one of my favorite questions that was sent in was, what are the three most important things in a marriage? I actually talked to, so one of my best friends here, her dad uh, is here as well. He's a good friend of ours. He's actually my ankle surgeon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, he's a great guy, such a great guy and such a great marriage. Like, I feel like he and his wife have been married over 50 years probably. And they're just role models for me, um, and love their relationships. So, uh, they, I feel like I asked them on one of their anniversaries, what the key to their marriage was. And he had such good insight and said, I believe the top two things were forgiveness Oh, um, which I was like, wow, you know what, if I, you know, I get asked, it's probably the number one question that I get asked is what is the secret to the success of our marriage? And I, I don't feel like I ever answered forgiveness. Forgiveness was not one of the ones that popped up. And ever since that conversation, I think he's so spot on is because it's not just the big forgivenesses, you know, like if there's anything or uh, a huge betrayal, you know, um, it's the little forgivenesses, the like things that we say in the heat of the moment or the things that we don't do that we should have done. Um, you know, those little things that happen on a daily basis, probably in a marriage, um, at least for us, because we are certainly not perfect, but, um, you know, I think it's those little forgivenesses to, not only forgive your partner, but to forgive yourself for things that you've said in the heat of the moment, things that you haven't done or haven't um, done well, you know, in supporting right. your partner. Is that, so, do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I think it, it goes along with like taking accountability, you know, like it is the hardest word in the English language is to yeah. say, sorry. And I struggle with that all the time because I, I just want to be right. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I'm right, Jason's wrong. So I think right. as like years have gone on, you start to realize like, okay, this is stupid. Like that was my fault. My bad. I'm sorry. You know, like just taking accountability for your actions totally. same thing as, as forgiving yourself for the things that you've done. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really wise too. Accountability is huge. Um, I think that also is, um, like having 
fun together, doing things that you both enjoy. Like for Ryan and I, we love to travel and we love to go camping with the family. And I think making sure that you infuse a lot of those activities that bring you to life and make you happy, like to your core, um, are really important. Watching movies, like it's just, it's an easy thing, but it makes Ryan so happy. And so, and I love movies too. So why not just, you know, make time for each other, uh, so that you can do the things that you love. Yeah. And I think it's, it's having fun together without your kids. I think it's so easy to get caught up in like, I got to race my kid here and here and we've got games and like, let's, you know, figure out our weekend plans, like as a family, but in it, like your sense of relationship can get lost in that, in like, just like the family entity. And I think it's so important to do things just with you and your spouse so that you can just like reconnect and realize like, oh yeah, you exist too. Not just like the kids that I'm chasing after all day long, you know, especially, especially in this weird time during quarantine. And I, I don't know, are you guys starting back to school? You're doing remote. We're remote for the whole school year. What? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to be like a raging bee for the next eight months for Jason. (laughs) But yeah, like going along with that, like I've got to find time where like, I'm not just so dealing with the kids, doing the cooking, doing the cleaning and getting all festered up and angry that like, this is my life right now. I need to just pause and take a moment and say, okay, like let's me and Jason go do something. It it can be as simple as like, let's go for a walk around the block while the kids are in the house, you know, like whatever it is. Yes. I, I, oh my gosh. I can't believe they made that decision to be remote all year. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I I almost, I almost don't want to say this, but we're actually starting in-person learning, um, in a couple of weeks, August 25th. uh, We got the, the information yesterday. Um, they based it on this KPI, this key performance indicator thing. Um, that's either red, yellow, or green. And, um, it's actually, I think it's still in red, but they put in a few more components into their decision and just decided to do in-person learning. And I like the, the, the worry in me was thinking like, right. How you are is, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a raging bee. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but um, oh my gosh! Well, I'm thinking of you. Holy oh, cow. thanks! Oh, <laughs> we'll survive. My. Call me anytime you want to vent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what do you think is the third most important thing? Um, to me, there's there's a few different things, but obviously communication is pretty right. pretty high up there. Um, because if you do not communicate, then things fester and you end up blowing up if something's bothering you. So I think that communication is really, really, really important. Um, yeah, I think what do you think? I mean, yeah, I agree. Like it sounds so cliche. I feel like that's everyone's answer, but like, if you don't communicate, like everything else around you crumbles, you know, like it can be the littlest things communicating about plans and details and whatnot, but also communicating about how you're feeling because I am so guilty of, I compartmentalize things really easily, but then it just sits and then it starts to fester and fester. And then like the littlest thing ticks me off and I explode. And he's like, Whoa, where is this coming from? And if (laughs) I would have just like told him along the way, how I was feeling about something, the whole argument wouldn't have happened, you know? Totally. 
I think also I'm going to, I'm going to tack on a fourth one is prioritizing your relationship. So I feel like for me in that question of how, how have we been able to be successful over the years? The, I think the biggest thing that set us off on the right track was me prioritizing him and where he lived and his job over the potential for me to do more hosting gigs and things in LA. Cause that was kind of my path at the time I was hosting with like Good Morning America and Extra and um, Good Day LA and Good Day Live and, you know, a bunch of different places. And I could have very easily been like, no, but this is what I want. And instead of doing that, I prioritized our relationship above everything else. And I think that was one of the key things in our success. So Yeah. And I, I think it goes for the whole family unit too. Just being a little more selfless. Yeah. And realizing like the world and, and that also comes with age, you know, realizing the world doesn't revolve around you and it's yeah, not right? all about you. And there's these other people that are in your life that need to be taken care of too. Completely. 100%. Okay. Moving on. Next question. Um, I would love to know this. How, if you're okay talking about it, how is your relationship with Ty's mom? Like yeah. How is good. that like, work? I've literally never talked about this in an interview before. Um, well, here good. we go. Yeah, we've here we got go. exclusive people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, we have a really, really good relationship, but it wasn't always that way. It took quite a few years in the beginning for us to like really get in a groove. We're two very different people. Our personalities are different. How we live life is very different. Um, and I was the random girl coming in, you know, starting to help from take a TV care, show. Take care, yeah, from a TV show to help yeah. take care of her kid, and I'm like super type A, super OCD, very organized. And I feel like if you're not that way, that can be annoying. It can probably be intimidating. And we, it took us years, but we finally got into a really good groove. And honestly, her and I communicate more than her and Jason. Like we text every day. Like we just, you got to make it work because we're scheduling a a kid who's going back and forth, who's really involved in sports and extracurriculars. And, um, we, there would be fights in the beginning, but I think we both realized it's just easier to get along. Like we are in this for the long haul. We're stuck together for many, many years. So let's just get along. And it works. Like I give her kids birthday presents and Christmas presents every year. And they're always welcome in our home. And when we're sitting at Ty's basketball games, we're sitting right next to each other. And awesome. Just we make it work. It's great. And I know that's not always the case for other people. So we feel really lucky and blessed that we can be in this good space together because it's made life really easy. And most importantly, it's made life amazing for Ty. Right. Exactly. And that's the biggest thing is prioritizing your kids and their wellness and their happiness above all else. So I think that it speaks to you and Jason and her maturity in it all, you know, and, and being able to like put grudges aside or put like hurt feelings of the relationship before not working out or whatever. It speaks to both of, well, all three of you and how mature you are and how you are prioritizing your kids. I think the best piece of it, people do constantly ask, like, how do you deal with like an ex that you don't want to deal with or whatever? And I think the best um, piece of advice that I was ever given years ago was like, think about the situation that's making you mad right now. And yeah. will it matter one year from today? Will you still be thinking about this moment one year from today? And if the answer is no, then stop caring, you know, like, and it can be so the important. dumbest things like, Oh, I want to switch the schedule and like 
if you're if you're contentious, like that makes you angry. But like, does right. it in a year from now are you going to be worried about how the schedule was changed for a day? No, you're right. not. So like, stop you won't even remember. You exactly. won't even remember. Yeah. Exactly. I remember, I mean, looking back at like fights or arguments or whatever, I'll be like, why, why was I bothered? What were we even fighting about? So you're so right. right. Like, like thinking about it in the future and whether or not it's going to matter is what matters now. Like you should right. pay attention to that. Oh, that's so important. So I hope that, um, I'm glad that things are, are great and I hope it continues. I I can't imagine why it wouldn't. Um, but yeah, we're really lucky. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, okay. Let's get to another question. Uh, Oh, this is really interesting actually. Um, did you talk about religion and politics with your guys on the show and were they factors? And you know, like you just said, or in the beginning, you don't really remember the taping this season. I don't remember either. And I don't remember individual conversations, but I will say that I, I try to refrain from talking politics with really anyone <laughs> because I feel like everyone is entitled to their opinion. And I don't want my relationships getting affected by the, their views on politics. So I don't know that it actually ever came up for me. And I just got really lucky in that Ryan and I see each other or see everything um, very similarly in terms of politics. Um, did you talk to Jason? Well, it, I mean, it was an interesting situation for us because I grew up like in a very, very Catholic family. I went to private Catholic school from kindergarten all the way through high school. And Jason is Jewish. Right. So we are come from very, very different backgrounds, but I was in a place in my life after probably when I went to college and after where I was kind of wanting to find my own way versus like this belief and religion that was kind of handed to me when I, I was growing up. And so I was in, in a place where I'm like, I'm open to learning about new things, exploring new things and seeing life from a different perspective. So it never like turned me off that Jason was in this, had this other belief system than I did. So it was never an issue. Um, I don't even know that it's something we had like a sit down conversation about either. Yeah. It's kind of something we just like blended and made it work. Totally. And I think that if you find that person that you make it work, you know, like I, I, I would, I would hope that if you're in a relationship with someone who sees things differently, then you respect each other. I mean, respect has to be one of the key components of a relationship too. There's so many. Um, but if you respect each other, then it shouldn't matter what you believe. Although in today's day and age, I just feel like feelings about politics, especially and religion is so heightened with everything going on in the world. So I do think that it is wise to at least discuss it before you, um, you know, tie the knot or make it official, uh, because there, it it can get pretty heated. I feel like these days, I mean, I, I, I will do this and I know that uh, tons of people that I know do it, but even Facebook friends, if they go off too much on a tangent or an extreme, I, and they don't, um, they, they kind of are preaching at me and not, uh, you know, welcoming a conversation about it. Then I am really apt to kind of mute them or unfollow or whatever. And so I feel like it's a, it really, honestly, 
in the world in general, it's about respect and we need to really respect each other's opinions and views and, and have a, a conversation about it instead of attacking each other for how we all feel. Yeah. yeah. I think people just need to be reminded that not everyone thinks the same way and that's right. okay. Totally. It's okay. We're all human. We all have our own opinions and beliefs. And I think it's about respect and, and, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, I think that's a really interesting conversation or, or question based on what's going on in the world today, you know? Right. Um, and then another one, this kind of ties into our next segment, but, uh, it is with so much emphasis on women being independent. What are your feelings about men being chivalrous? And the reason it ties into our next segment is to me, it kind of taps into how I want Max to be and, and what I'm trying to, um, help him become as a man, as a future man. Um, and what, what kind of characteristics I want him to, uh, emulate as, as a man in the future. So being chivalrous came up in a conversation that I was having with some friends recently. And one of them was saying that, uh, how do we as mothers encourage our kids to be chivalrous and like, you know, men opening a door. Um, how do you get your kids to open a door? And one of them was talking about how her son is older and he actually was taught from his father to open the door, um, of the car or whatever, walking in somewhere, um, for the, you know, the woman he was dating. And I guess his current girlfriend noticed it on their first date and he got major points for being chivalrous and, and actually just opening the door. Right. And it really, really brought to mind for me that I need to help Max understand that that's really important because, you know, I feel like in the South, you know, if you go to Texas or I don't know, and, and anywhere in the South, everyone's saying, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, you know, they have the best manners. And I feel like in the mountains, we're kind of in this little isolated bubble and manners are important. Like anytime I feel like I have him go hang out with a friend or have a sleepover or whatever, I'm always like, use your manners, say please and thank you, you know, all of those things. It's really important, but it's not like, like in Texas or whatever, where they're like every single time they speak, they're like, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Um, so I want him to have those qualities. And I do feel like women are, it's important for women to be independent. Um, now it was important to me back, you know, when I was in college, when I was after, when I was on the bachelorette. I, I am a very independent woman and that is important to me, but I think that they can coexist. I think that, um, men should be chivalrous and I really personally want to raise a boy to be a man who is chivalrous. Well, I think there's super easy ways you can do that, Trista. Like if you guys are going out for dinner, okay. And you're walking into a restaurant, take an opportunity the next time you go to a restaurant to be like, Hey, you know what, Max? Like it's really polite when the boy opens the door for the girl. So when we yeah. start walking in, why don't you open the door for me and Blakesley? Yeah. Or um, Ty went to homecoming this past year and it was his first high school dance. And I sat down with him that day and I was like, listen, it's kind of chilly out. If your date is getting cold, it is your Aww. job to take your jacket off and offer it to her to make sure that she is okay. 
And then yes. I was like, you are in charge. I mean, this is kind of old school, but I was like, you know, because it's a dance, like, I think you should be paying for her meal, you yeah. know, and just like always make sure she's comfortable and she's happy and she's included in the conversation. And so it's like little life moments like that, where you can take the opportunity to jump right in and teach them these like little manners that will go a long way. Yes. Right. I think it's so important. So I loved that question. I mean, I think that if you are in the dating world right now and you're listening to this podcast, um, it's really important to look for a guy who is thoughtful and thinks about you just, just like you were saying, takes off his jacket, holds open the door, includes you in conversations, just is thoughtful and kind, whether that's chivalrous or not. I feel like thoughtfulness and kindness goes a long way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So Next segment, unless you want to answer any of the other questions, you good? Oh no, I'm good. Okay. Okay, cool. (laughs) So let's move on to the next segment, but first we're going to take a break and then we'll introduce our special guest. At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black lead products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during black history month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Some amazing black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies, the list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes, and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight, and honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois, and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois, and my life has never been the same, and I love her so much, and I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was, Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So I I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. 
Everyone knows how much Dean and I love to travel, especially after enduring a Colorado winter. I'll take any chance I can to be in a sunny, beachy place right about now. Well, Kaylin, I have the perfect place we can travel to next. In Puerto Rico, there are nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline. And when it comes to photography, the landscape is unbeatable. I think I need to go there for a relaxing vacation before baby number two comes, which is great, but also I'm very nervous. Puerto Rico offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to beautiful black sand beaches. There's no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. All right, we are back. And this next segment is talking about kids and helping them navigate the world of dating, which, oh my gosh, is so scary to me. I'm <laughs> I know it. you're in I'm it. I know. In it. <laughs> I know. So I'm excited to hear your perspective as well as our guests, because um, she's an expert. But before we bring her on, I just kind of wanted to talk about where you're at, where I'm at, and, and get started there. Okay. So why don't you go? So- Ty has been dating since like the sixth grade. He is just like his father. (laughs) We've been dealing with girl issues with him for forever. He's going to be a sophomore now in high school. um, And he doesn't currently have a girlfriend. But um, the most important thing that I think has helped us go through this phase with him is creating an open line of communication. Mm. So Ty is now at the point where like he comes home from school and he just like word vomits to me. And he literally tells me, he has me like looking at the text conversation with these girls and like asking how to respond. And the way we got to that point is like when he first started having girlfriends, we'd ask questions, but we didn't react. It was kind of like, Cause you don't want to scare him off. Like right. if he says something crazy, like, Oh, I kissed a girl and us going, what? Right. And that right. scares him off from wanting to talk to us ever again. So every yeah. time he would have a conversation with us or ask for advice, I kind of treated it like, okay, I'm just talking to a friend. Let's help yeah. him get through this, but not necessarily act like a parent and tell him right. what he has to do, what he shouldn't do. And so it's yeah. gotten us to a really good place where he will tell us, anything going on, which is the best, you know, that's amazing. Yeah. I think so many parents handle and, and, you know, when our guest comes on, like she'll have better perspective, I'm sure on what the right or wrong thing is to do. And I don't know if we're doing it right. (laughs) I'm sure you're doing it right. I feel pretty good in the fact that like Ty feels comfortable coming to Mm -hmm. us when he does have questions. And in fact, the other night he had a friend over and they came walking out of the bonus room and I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, we got to talk to you. And I'm like, what do you have to talk to me about? And his friend was like, I need some advice. I'm having some girl problems. So even his friends now feel like they can come and ask. And like, it is just like the coolest thing ever. Like Trista, if I can tell you anything, like just keep an open line of communication with him so that Max feels comfortable asking you these questions versus feeling scared and then maybe doing something wrong, you know? Oh my gosh. I, I am. I really, really, really hope that I will be there because I, I constantly say that the open lines of communication, I feel like are so important because recently within the past couple of years, we've had the sex talk and, you know, and this is with Max and Blakesley as well. So, um, Max actually, if, 
if you know my son at all, if you've seen my Instagram post, he is just like his dad in terms of personality. He is very introverted and very, um, let's say non-expressive. <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't talk a lot like word vomit. Oh my gosh. If I could get to that point with him, it would be a miracle, but it's just because he is like, literally the other day we were just having a conversation about talking. He was like, he was, it, I would ask a question. He'd be like, eh, or whatever, like, give me like a one word answer. And we kind of got in a little argue. It's like, not that we were raising our voices or anything, but I was like, it's really, it's really difficult to, um, to connect with you because I want to be able to talk to you. And if you're not talking to me, I don't know what's going on in your life and I can't um, be there for you. Anyway, he just said that he doesn't like to talk and Ryan doesn't either. He's just yeah. like his dad. Yeah. So with him, I know it will be, it will be a different situation and he could care less about girls right now. He's yeah. going into seventh grade and was, is not like Ty. He is, he could care less. He's all hockey all the time or video games or whatever. So there's Max. And then Blakesley is going into sixth grade and everyone in her grade is boy and girl crazy. They are <laughs> all about who's dating who and who kissed who. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, I, I'm really nervous about yeah. bringing up Blakesley in a, in a dating environment. So I'm really, really looking forward to the advice from our our guest coming up. Um, but yeah, I, I want to get to that place so badly, Molly. So I feel like, yeah, I, I, I feel like that's really good advice to just listen and, and be there for them and not offer judgment. I feel like, so in our world, TikTok um, was taking over, at least for Blakesley. So we, her friends all were, all were getting TikTok. They don't have any social media. And I'd love to hear if Ty has social media and all that after this. But um, I, I do not want my kids on social media for as long as possible. And um, I allowed her to get TikTok, both the kids. But for Blakesley, it was kind of becoming an obsession. And one of my friends, um, one of her friend's moms came to me and said, have you seen Blakesley's TikToks lately? Um, there, you know, there's, there's some words that are being said, you know, some cuss words, some actions like going like this, that she doesn't understand at all. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, I have to have a conversation with her. And we, I sat down with her and it was, it was very similar to, I feel like what you're explaining. I was just like, you know what? We just have to talk because I feel like this is getting a little, um, a little too crazy. And I feel like you're choosing TikTok over your friends. I don't want you to lose friends because of this. And, and I also feel like it's really important what you put out into the world. And I feel like what you're putting out into the world in some of these TikToks is not, is just not appropriate for your age. And, and, and I was like, so I think, you know, I said, what do you think we should do? And she just sat there for a minute and I said, you know what, um, you know what I think? And she said, you think we should get rid of it? And I said, yeah, I think we should. And she said, you know what, you're right. And, and it was just because it was a conversation that we were just, we were just having a conversation. I wasn't getting heated. I wasn't judging. So it kind of paved the way for her to like, it's little conversations like that, that I feel like happen throughout our days together that, um, you're so right. Like if I'm able to just be there for her, talk it through with her, 
make her kind of understand where I'm coming from, but not be like, I'm your mom and this is how it's going to be. Um, make sure it's a two-way street with her being able to communicate with me and me being able to communicate with her in a way that's age appropriate, obviously. Um, right. Is so important. So yeah, thank you for that. I love that tip because I really would like to get to the place where they both feel like they can come. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with like tone, you know, like even saying saying something to Max, like, so do you have a girlfriend? Like that's like, of course he's not going to answer, but if you're like, Hey, are you, are you dating anyone right now? If you keep it like casual and cool, I think they're more willing to open up. Totally. You're so right. And you know, it's, we are very, we're very like sarcastic kind of fun loving family. And I feel like that comes up like Blakesley will say, so Max, who are you dating? And yeah. <laughs> he definitely feels like, I don't want to tell my sister. Um, right. And, and I don't want to tell anyone because that's how I, I feel like I'm like the way that it's being said to me is in a condescending way. So I, I totally agree. I think that's so, so, so important. And I feel like our next guest is going to have, well, actually our only guest, um, is going to have really great tips for both of us. Uh, Dr. Hillary Goldshire is a, an expert on kids and dating. You're a psychologist, correct? That's right. Yes. Yes. So please tell us more about um, about what you study, what you do in your daily life, and uh, what makes you an expert. Yes. Well, I am a clinical psychologist. I'm in Beverly Hills. And okay. one of my areas of expertise is parenting. And so I work with parents to sort of improve communication, to deal with behavioral issues and struggles, and to kind of to create a family environment where there's lots of love and room to grow, but also good boundaries so love I, it. So those are the things that make me an expert, and I have my own little ones at home. I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. So amazing as well. Yes. Yeah. So that makes you an expert right there. <laughs> Not even your degree. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, the combination. Okay, I I am so excited to talk to you because I feel like Ryan and I are on the precipice of of the day. Dating's Max uh, is 13 and he's going into seventh grade and Blakesley is 11 and she is going into sixth grade. And I am, I feel like information is knowledge. So anything I can learn and absorb and take with me on this journey of being a parent and, um, you know, kind of ushering my kids into the dating world is so welcome and appreciated. So thank you for being here. My first question for you is I feel like looking back on how I was in my early relationships, I put guys' needs and wants and desires above my my own. And I really feel like it's important for Blakesley to, um, that her self-respect remain intact. And I feel like that's so important for young girls these days is to make sure that they are putting their needs and their desires and their wants above the person that they're dating and not prioritizing their relationship, but prioritizing their self in the, themselves in the relationship as well as the relationship. How can I encourage Blakesley and how can our listeners encourage their kids to prioritize their self-respect over, over their relationships? Such a good question. And 
I think one of the mindsets that you have to come to this with is that it is a process, right? That mm-hmm. it's not a sprint, but a marathon from a, parent, a parental standpoint. This is a learning environment for our kids, especially when they're as young as yours, sixth and seventh grade. So our job as parents is, of course, to try to influence our kids based on our experiences, the things that we've learned, the wisdoms that we've gained, to create room for them to have their own um, sort of uh, experience, their own their own uh, tendencies to try out and learn. And so I think it's really important to patience that you put forth your ideas, your notions about what you've learned. But hey, Blake Slate, like one thing I've really learned that it's really important to leave room for self-care, that it's really important to leave room to prioritize yourself, that it really is important to, yes, prioritize the person that you're dating, but to also create an environment where self-care is a priority. And she may push back, she may protest, she may shrug her shoulders and not really say anything return, but Mm -hmm. knowing that you're creating a narrative for them that they can kind of put in their pocket and borrow Mm -hmm. from as needed. I think parents get frustrated quickly that their kids seem like they're not listening or that they're not interested or they're even pushing back on what they're saying. I know, mom, I know, and sort of forcing a discussion, but I I, I wouldn't worry about that. I, I, I know from my own kids and from parents that I work with that I keep putting forth ideas to my kids and know that they're listening and know that when the time comes that they're struggling or they're unsure that they will they will borrow from those things so mm-hmm. I think the idea is to be consistent and patient and I was sort of eavesdropping into your conversation before and casual that that you don't address it in a way that feels dramatic or scary or like a big deal conversation but that you say mm-hmm. like hey here are, here are things that I think are really important that I want you to think about and we can chat about it or not but if you ever have any thoughts or feelings or ideas about it like I'm here and yeah. then you can find a relevant opportunity opportunities to say like, hey, remember we talked about that thing? This is such a good example where it feels like you kind of prioritize the the kiddo that you're dating. And you know what? I just want you to remember that self-care is so important kind of thing. So reinforcing and creating that narrative and not getting discouraged when they don't agree with us or engage with us when we're initiating these, these kind of conversations. So how do we as parents navigate kind of like teaching our kids about, you know, prioritizing or the dating world when this era we're in is so different from how we grew up, you know, with social media and phones, like we didn't have any of that. We had to like call on a landline to get a hold of our boyfriend, you know, like (laughs) it's just such a different day and age for these kids to be going through their adolescent years. So it's not like we can even relate to what they're going through. It's true. That is true. We don't have direct experience in that regard and being that young and having so much access to our friends mm-hmm. and our romantic you know, partners at that age. So you're right. We can't directly relate. But I would say the first thing that comes to mind when you ask that question is boundaries, that we can't be afraid as parents to frustrate our kids. We can't be afraid to make them unhappy. We can't be afraid when they're mad at us. And it is like a big, scary social media world out there. And having access all day long is not probably a good idea. So I I would first say limitation that, you know, whatever the number is, but that you have a certain number of hours that your kid can do social media, that they're off the phone by you know, nine o'clock or whatever their bedtime is, that there's just limitations so that their access and the emotional triggers and the stimulus 
bonus that comes from being engaged in that way is diversified. You know, it's not just bolus doses of that kind of interaction all day long, every day. Kids need a break. And so their minds can just be free and they can relax and process and kind of decompress. So I would say the first thing to do is to figure out what your family protocol is around social media and implement it. And then the second thing I would say is ask questions. And sometimes you're going to get no answer. You're going to get like, I don't want to talk about it. But sometimes you're going to have kids who will return to a dialogue that you initiated. What's it like for you? What's that like to be on social media all the time? Is it like always really fun or can it be stressful? Is it anxiety provoking? And talk about with them the, the parts that are fun and also focus on if they're willing to share the parts that are frustrating and scary so we can learn from them what it's like to be, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old and being trying to navigate social dynamics kind of 24 seven. That's a lot of pressure for a kid. A yeah. Lot of yeah. For a kid. How do you, um, so I have a very, I don't know if you heard this part, but my son is very introverted and reserved and it's hard for him to express himself. He doesn't like to talk is what he literally just told me last week. Um, how is there a way or do you have any specific questions that I can use to be able to help him communicate with me so that I can help him navigate social and relationships in the future. Yeah, I have a couple of thoughts about that. I think what I was saying before is really important that with a kid that tends to be introverted, we of course don't want to push and put pressure because that usually closes right. them up more, right? And so yeah. I would directly say to him, like, I, I heard you last week. I heard what you said that like, you don't like to talk and I respect that. So what you're going to see, honey, is me putting out ideas that I think are important for you to hear. And you can kind of take them or leave them. You can pocket them for later, whatever you think. But that's kind of my job as your mama. And it's something I, I, I really want to do for you. So yeah. you know, if I'm if I'm hitting you at a time where, where you feel like you don't want to listen, just let me know. But otherwise, I'm just going to put things out for you and you can you know consider them or not because I have a lot of experience. I have a lot of things that I want to say that for you to think about as you kind of navigate you know, your years. And and, and so that kind of gives him um, an opportunity to listen, maybe without tension or pressure that he feels like, okay, I don't have to say yeah. anything, right? I can just listen and decide to comment or not. So I, I would make that like a plan with him and mm -hmm. give him space if he says like, I'm not in the mood. But I, I bet a lot of times that he will not say that and he will listen and take it in and feel some relief not having to respond, right? Yeah. Take, no, I love that. Take, take him off the hook in that sense. Yeah. Well, actually I kind of did that the next day. So it, it's not like I got mad at him, but I was just like, it, it's, it, I would love to be able to talk to you because I think as your mom, like I want to make sure that you're happy. And so I need to be able to communicate with you. And so the next day I, I realized after our conversation that he's just like Ryan and just like Ryan uh, or my relationship with Ryan, I, as, as anyone who's seen both of us in an interview, I kind of take the reins because he hates to talk. And so I've kind of been like given this, um, reputation that I'm kind of a bully when it comes to that. And like, I, I don't let him talk, but I just, I try to be like, um, like helpful in that I know that he doesn't like to talk. So I just kind of take over. And I, so I recognize that in my husband, I recognize that it is not something that is comfortable for him. So, and I respect that. And I need to respect that about Max. So the next day I said, dude, I'm so sorry that I put this pressure on you to talk to me. 
I know it's not something that you are comfortable with and it gives you anxiety. And I, I don't want that to be the case. So I just want you to know that I'm here for you and I want to talk to you and I just want to connect with you. Um, you know, I love the person that you are and I like you and I want to like communicate. So that's where I was coming from. And I just want you to know that. So we definitely had that conversation afterwards and, but I love the, like the giving him the ability to not have to answer, to not feel pressured to answer me. I feel like goes right along with what Molly, Molly was saying in opening the lines of communication with her and Ty and how Ty and his friends are coming to them for advice because they know it's a safe place. They know they're not going to get judged. They know they're, they are just there to help them navigate it. You know? Yes. First of all, I love that you did that with Max. That's so, that's so perfect. I always tell parents that like, if, if you don't get things right the first time, which we will all do many, many times, you can always go back and say, God, yeah. I, I blew that. So sorry. Totally. I, I thought about it. I, I, I really realized that this is what I wanted to say to you. This is what I was trying to convey. That's so healing. And that in and of itself creates such a, a, an open environment that will serve you over time. And, and yeah, and the other thing that's coming up for me, it may or may not resonate for your particular family, but like is, I don't know if he likes to, to, to bike ride or to run or to do some physical activity. Oftentimes that's when kids will start talking. Is if you're jog, you're jogging side by side or riding a bike side by side or going for a walk or something, sometimes kids will tend to, to just um, begin to kind of do, uh, you know, an unconscious dumping of, you know, yeah. Happen so that that's an environment where you might be able to catch him. And again, this may or not be a, a, an idea that resonates, but offering other options like, you know what, if you ever feel like talking, write me a note, send me an email. Oh, um, yeah. I, I can put like a box in our room of like any questions that come up or any scenarios you want to run past me and we can communicate that way. We don't have to look at each other, you know, kind of thing, you know, letting him know that there are ways to reach you and kind of, and kind of mobilize your wisdom that don't have to be um, uncomfortable for him. It's so age appropriate for some kids to be that way and want to kind of shut down and not share their vul more vulnerable emotions. But what's the most important thing is that you're sending him the message all of those feelings are, are, are welcome here. Yeah. You know, however you want to deliver them or have them show up, I'm open to, but they are welcome here. Like awesome. that, that's kind of what you want him to leave with. It's almost Such kind of like the best way to, to go about like conversations with these teenagers is like making them feel like they are a part of the conversation. It's almost like they reject things when they feel like they're being talked at versus yeah. like talked with. Yeah. I feel like anybody is like that. Yeah. So I feel like I'm being talked at. I don't want to be part right. of the conversation. You know? That's right. I, yeah. I think, and so that real, what you were just saying, Molly, really supports the approach of sort of putting things out there for them to grab onto or not, you yeah. know, as opposed to right being talked to like, this is what you need, or this is what we're going to do kind of vibe to it. I know that's not what you're saying to your some, but, but having the idea of like, I'm going to put forth like a bunch of ideas to you. And you could say that to him. You could just narrate the process. I was really thinking about how I could make sure that there's still an open um, two-way street between us in terms of com communication. I want to respect that a lot of times you don't want to talk, you don't want to share your feelings, but here are some ideas I've came up with. I'm going to be putting some things out in the atmosphere and you can take them or leave them. And I'm putting like a box in my room where you can put like a note or ask a question, or I'm going to create like a secret email account that you can email me at kind of thing, yeah. you know, so that, so that, you know, anytime uh, day or night, your feelings, your thoughts, your stories are welcome and you can kind of take it or not, you know, which kind of goes so to what Molly was saying. Yeah.
So good. I love it. Um, because my daughter is so boy crazy and, uh, how do I, how, um, how do I, how do I navigate that? And really in, I guess just general information for any parents out there who are, whose children are starting to be boy, girl, boy, crazy or girl crazy or, and I feel like that's just a term that I'm using in terms of they're starting to become interested in having a relationship with someone other than their friends or their parents, you know, or their family members. So in general, how can we be, we be good parents and helping our kids navigate dating, especially when they're boy crazy (laughs) or girl crazy. Yeah. You know, I, I, my, my first piece of advice is to kind of take the, the, um, the tension, the hold that it has out of it by sort of, by sort of saying like, so fun, right? Isn't it so much fun to discover boys? It's so cool. Great. Awesome. Like to not push up against it, because I think there's that tendency in parents to want to like contain it and minimize it or even put it off or make it go away. But to, Mm -hmm. To, to lean lean into it, well, I, I think um, in, in some cases minimize the kind of crazy energy that's around it, that like, right, you discovered something so fun, great, it's so much fun to watch, have that casual vibe around it when they talk about it, mm-hmm. and their boundaries. I mean, they're just boundaries in terms of how much they can be, I know we're in the middle of COVID, it's a pandemic, so there's limitations anyway, but how much they can be texting Mm -hmm. or on social media around that stuff that like you have thoughts and ideas and you implement them around like how much time they're spending communicating with boys Mm -hmm. that they're interested in. And I I would, I would say to her that like, I I love it. It's so much fun, but there's only like an hour a day that I'm really going to allow you to kind of play Mm -hmm. around with that stuff. Otherwise we're going to do family stuff and you can hang out with your girlfriends. And if she asks why or pushes back that like, look, it's so much fun, such a great hobby and something you'll like enjoy for the rest of your life. But you're, I think you said she was 11, but but you're 11. And this is the amount of time that I think it's appropriate for you to spend on this. And so you're both, you're both supporting the hobby, but you're also creating some structure. Yeah. Molly, do you have um, limitations and guidelines in terms of how much Ty can be on social or texting or or whatever? Um, we would. Ty is like this anomaly, strange kid. And it was maybe, I don't know, a month ago where he was like, I'm deleting. He has Instagram. And he's like, I'm deleting it off my phone. And I was like, why? And he's like, I'm on it too much. And I'm like... Like I need to say that to myself, (laughs) you know, like he's just like a really self-aware, good kid. Um, and he's in this phase right now where he's just more occupied with working out and playing sports. And so it doesn't consume his life, but if that were to happen, yeah, we would put limitations on it. Cause I think that's so important. And, and Jason, I say to each other all the time, we need to lead by example. And it's so easy for us at the end of the night to just sit there, be scrolling on our phones. And so it's, it's more like Jason and I checking in with each other saying, okay, this has kind of been out of control the past few days. Like, let's take a break, put the phones down mm-hmm. so the kids can see the phones aren't consuming our lives. Yeah. That's so important. Awesome. Do you have anything else words of wisdom wise, Dr. Goldshire, that you'd like to share? Yeah, I think just on the topic uh, to, to wrap it up, and it, I, it sounds like based on your approach, you're already doing this, but to just create a super open environment, open environment with your daughter, you know, wow, as you're engaging in this like whole new thing, you can just ask her, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? What's super fun about it? What's like 
creates anxiety or worries you, you know, making her, letting her know that you're available for any dialogue around that stuff is really important. And I, I think like we were saying at the top of our discussion that you can start putting forth little notions, ideas that you know to be true uh, about how managing um, one's dating life is super important maintain self-respect, maintaining boundaries, maintaining space for yourself, et cetera, that you can put little stories um, or notions out to her again so she can kind of put them in her pocket and use them later. And I often with my kids, I mean, my older one is five, but um, I'll make up examples. I, I, my five-year-old, if he's nervous to go do something, I'll sort of say, I remember when I was really nervous to go mm -hmm. to my new job that first day. And he wants all the details Aww. of this story, <laughs> right? Because he really wants to know, oh, my mom had those feelings. She felt vulnerable. How did she handle it? So that's another way that you can maybe reach her that like, I remember when I was really into this guy named Billy and I thought about it all the time. And then later I realized maybe it was better that I use some of my time to play with my friends and some of my time to think about Billy kind of thing. So yeah. finding ways to, to create a dialogue um, that might, might pull her in is, is a really good idea too. Awesome. I, I feel like we're going to be what you parents said. of the year, Trista. We're going to oh be like gosh. amazing. We're bring on, on 2021. <laughs> <laughs> please. Yeah. Please bring on 2021. <laughs> <laughs> awesome well thank you dr goldshire for sharing your uh, words of wisdom it is so welcome and you know anytime anytime you want to share yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just please share are you on how can people follow you or um or on listen to are you, on, yeah and instagram uh, dr hillary goldshire and then my website uh, drhillarygoldshire.com Okay, perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Right, I'm going to go there right now. <laughs> <laughs> so nice to meet you guys. You too. Yeah, thank, thank you. you so much. Okay, Molly, this was so fun. Thank it was you so for fun. joining me. I'm yeah, so glad you did like it. I feel like you and I could sit and talk for like five hours straight. <laughs> Longer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Jason and Ryan would be too happy with that. But, no. um, or our kids. But yeah. <laughs> You know, anytime, anytime. So I'm. Um, thank you so much for joining. Thank me. you for having and me. Thank you to. I know it's so fun. Um, and then Dean and Jared, thank you guys for allowing us to kind of steal your show for a day. Uh, it was, it was great for me, especially um from a parenting perspective. And I hope that we were able to help some people out there who are navigating this crazy dating world. And um, you know. Continue to listen to Help I Suck at Dating because we will too. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks, guys. Thanks. <laughs> it's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. On Thursday, February 29th from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., you can celebrate an extra day of Black History Month with Walmart. This event is free and open to the public at two locations Flatiron Plaza in New York City in Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's the perfect time to try, like, and share Black-led products. It's free, it's for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with Black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. Love at First Sight still exists. It's available at your local shelter. This June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide.
Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more and see full terms and conditions. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Let the Boricua spirit welcome you with a warm embrace to start each day and remind you why you travel in the first place. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. With nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline, there's always new places to explore. The island's diverse geography offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches. There are spots that are perfect for water sports. You can surf, snorkel, paddleboard, or go diving. To travel to Puerto Rico, there is no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. 